Well, good morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's good, to, it's good to see you. Welcome on this uh, beautiful, sunny Bank Holiday Sunday. It's great to see you all here today. And uh, welcome to you all uh, following on Zoom, too. You're very, very welcome. Um, just, just a few notices uh, before we, we, we get going. Um, just to say that the 9 o'clock uh, service is resuming uh, next Sunday morning. <clears throat> uh, a couple of other things. Um, Pam and Bob Younger's Thanksgiving service, which is a joint one, is uh, here uh, next Saturday at 12 o'clock. Um, you can follow on, on Zoom, but it would be lovely if, uh, if you were able to come and support in person. Um, if you could just let Evelyn know if you're planning to come at 12 next Saturday to celebrate the life of Bob and Pam Younger, that would be great. Um, it's just that we, we need to know uh, who's here and numbers and things like that. So uh, that's next Saturday. And just to, uh, just to remind you about the, the community barbecue uh, on the uh, 11th of September, um, we've got an, uh, this is an open invitation to the community, so please do invite your friends, neighbours, work colleagues. We're serving food between 2 um, and 6, uh, although last serving will be 5.30, and the food is all free. We want to bless our local community and show that we're open for business, so we're not charging for any of the food at all, so bring people along with you. It'd be lovely if we, we're catering for hundreds of people, literally. So uh, we're prepared uh, for any scenario, we hope, other than rain. So pray for a good day. But we will be meeting outside in the car park at the front, whatever the weather. We will have tents and everything else. But we really just want to bless the community and show that we're back, we're open for business, and that we're here to serve uh, the community with the good news of Jesus. So that's why we're doing it. So come along and support that and chat to, there'll be people here um, from the community. Uh, we're inviting people who've come to Let's Do Lunch, toddler people. You know, we, we just want to bless people with Jesus, don't we? So uh, let's, let's come together on the 11th and do that. Just a reminder to members, there's an important church meeting in person in here in the sanctuary um, on, on the 14th of September, 8 o'clock where we will be voting for um, a deacon for finance. So that's a really, really important meeting. So please make every effort to be here so that you can vote in person. We are not under our constitution allowed to do any other kind of voting. Um, we would have to have another church meeting to change our constitution if we were to allow for voting on Zoom. So unfortunately, we have to meet in person now. Um, I'm not prepared to call another meeting to, so that we can vote in, on Zoom. I just don't want to do it. So we're going to meet in person. So come down here and uh, come to the meeting on the 14th. Okay. We are here not for notices. <laughs> You'll be pleased to know. We're here to worship Jesus. So we're going to begin where we should. Um, I'm going to begin with a vision from John. Uh, John saw a vision of Jesus um, when he was on the island of Patmos. And in Revelation chapter 1, uh, John records a vision of Jesus. And he says this, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, 
dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and his hair were, like, were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. This is the God. This is the Christ who we worship, the one who is at the right hand of the Father, the one who is more glorious, more majestic, more powerful, more sovereign than words can imagine, which is why John can only write it down in a vision to try and capture the glory of the Christ who we worship. Let's pray and then we'll sing. Jesus, thank you for this wonderful vision of who you are, the glory of who you are, the holiness of you, Lord. Jesus, you are more powerful, more, more majestic than we can ever imagine. And we come here to bow the knee and to say, Jesus, that you are the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the one who is all powerful, all sovereign, the one before whom we bow the knee and we say, we worship you, Jesus. We love you. We adore you. You are the King. And we come here to honor you, to praise you, to give you the worship that is due your name. So help us now. Come, Holy Spirit, among us. Release joy among us. Release gifts of the Spirit among us. Help us to encounter you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to sing. Uh, you are my vision, O King of mine heart.
just want to uh, pray out in here please put your hand up and uh, Janine will come with the microphone and you can just speak out your praise and your adoration if you're on zoom unmute yourself and lead us in lead us in prayer as the spirit prompts some words from Romans 5 if we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through God and through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we rejoice in the hope of sharing in the glory of God. For God's love has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. God showed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. Since we are justified by his blood, so shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Amen. As one man's sins brought death to the world, so when man's obedience and grace offered a free gift of eternal life to all who believed on the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. Thank you for your word, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. flood the nations with grace and mercy mm. oh lord we lift afghanistan to you this morning and we pray yeah. that the nations will 
the nations will show mercy and flood that land with your love, with your help, with your aid, with your mercy. Mm. In Jesus' name. Yes, Amen. Lord, please. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Dear Lord, we're forever on the trail of this feeling we get when you are around. Mm. But when we get the Holy Spirit, some of us in our lives uh, have been fortunate enough to, to have a, a taste of what is to come. Mm. Thank you. And until that time, we have to overcome what you're helping to do. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. You're Prayers, or my prayers, I should say, that you've answered and what mm. you do mm. to myself and my family. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we do indeed this morning stand amazed and in awe and wonder at your love for us, Jesus. A love that took you from the glory of heaven to take on human flesh and to suffer and die a cruel death for our sins. Lord, words are inadequate and we just do indeed stand in awe and wonder and amazement that you should love us, even while we were far away in our sin. You came to us, you entered our world, you reached out in love. Thank you, Father God, for sending us your son. And thank you for leaving your spirit in us until the work on earth is done. Jesus, we worship you and thank you. Amen. Amen. Could we... Uh, Take up the offering, Janine. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. The offering's a really important part of worship because whether we give in the plate or whether we give um, directly through our bank, what we're doing is we're expressing really the generosity of God to us first in Christ, aren't we? We're remembering that the one who had the riches of heaven gave all of that up and became poor that we might become spiritually rich through faith in him. And so this is not, it's not, it's not something that we do um, for God. God has already shown us love and mercy in Christ. This is our response to the incredible grace of God towards us. It's part of the way that we lay down our lives to God and say, Lord, I love you, I submit to you, I give my life to you, including my money, my time, my gifts, my resources, and my priorities. So let's pray. Father, thank you that in your generosity, you gave the best gift 
you could ever give in your son, Jesus Christ, who left the glory and riches of heaven and became poor for our sakes, that through his poverty by faith, we might become rich. Lord, it seems so small uh, an offering that we give you back our lives, this money, our time. It were, as, as the hymn writer puts it, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And yet, Lord, we ask that you take this money as you take our lives, our gifts, and you use them to glorify your name and to extend your kingdom. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Jude's very kindly uh, agreed to, uh, to read uh, Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 to us. So I always love to hear Jude read, so looking forward to this. Thank you. my Bible up and plonk it somewhere because I can't read that. I don't have my glasses. So Ephesians 3 verse 14 to 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Jude. We'll, we're going to look at that uh, in, in a few moments. Um, but I've asked Mark to come and give us a testimony this morning. And the reason for that is, for four weeks over the summer, Mark and uh, a team of, of volunteers on a kind of rotor bases have been, um, well, Mark has done the cooking um, himself, but we've been serving hot meals to the community for four weeks. Um, Mark has been, and the team have been working really hard. And there's some really exciting conversations that that has generated. And I just wanted Mark to come and share a little bit with that for your encouragement this morning and to, for your prayers and support. Thank you. Hiya. So Martin was talking about blessing the community when he was given the notice about the barbecue earlier. And um, basically that's what we've been seeking to do over the summer. Um, 
as Martin said, over four weeks, I'll give you some snap headlines and then talk about some of the conversations very briefly. But over the summer, we served 510 individual meals to people. That's over eight weeks. That's a, an average of 64 a day, um, which is incredible, really. Um, and we served a total of 37 different family groups. Some of them were individuals, some of them were families of seven. So there's a whole mix from, from individual people right through to uh, massive families. Um, but 37 different families as a church we served in our local community here. Um, now, some of you may know that on occasions I have caused to deliver meals because there are people in the community who are desperately in need and can't get here to collect food. So they'll let me know and I'll take the food round and deliver it to them um, in, in the evenings after we've finished service. And they're really blessed by that. Now, on one occasion, I was, um, I'd arranged to go and deliver some food to uh, someone who was on Heathervale Way and sadly they weren't in. On the way, I dropped off some food at a house in Parkside, and I noticed as I dropped off this food, there's a couple of families sitting out on the green in front of their house. And so I went up to Heathervale Way, person wasn't in, so I was left with this food, and I was thinking, what, what shall I do with it? Um, on my way back, these guys were still sitting outside the front of their house, so I thought, do you know what? We're going to stop. I've got this food. I don't want it to go to waste. So I stopped and I got out and I said, how are you doing? And they said, we're fine. A bit struggling a bit, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, do you like chili? <laughs> yeah, we love chili. Well, would you like some free chili? <laughs> We'd love some free chili. So I got out and I served them the, the three portions of chili that I had. Um, and they were really grateful. And I told them what I was doing and that there was food available from the church every Tuesday and Thursday between 4 and 5.30. And, and they were really grateful, and I thought nothing more of it, really. Um, I went home because I didn't have anything else to deliver, which was great. Um, but the next, this was on a, 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 a Tuesday, I think. The next Thursday, up they popped, um, all of them, and with a friend as well. So these two families that were, were sat outside chatting came along and collected food. And that was amazing. And they were really grateful. Now, the day after the service after I was again delivering to the family who lived opposite to them in Parkside. And these guys were sat outside again. So I thought, stop, go and have a chat. And they said, Oh, Mark, the curry was lovely, really nice, really enjoyed that. Thanks very much. Why are you doing this? And so I had an opportunity to share a little bit about my faith and a little bit about the church and a little bit about the love of Jesus and how Jesus came to serve his community. And we, as Christians, we want to do the same. We want to love our community and we want to serve our community and I don't know where that's going to go they're going to come to the barbecue 
and I'm going to invite them to church, and I'm going to invite them to Alpha. But just that opportunity, we need to be prepared. I think in Timothy it says, always be prepared to give a reason for the faith to which you hold. And we all need to have these opportunities. We all need to be looking out for these opportunities to share our faith. And in some way, I hope that blessing to those families over the summer goes some way to bringing them into the kingdom of God. Because that's why we do it, isn't it? It's because we love God and we want them to be part of our family. So that's it. Thank you. Let's, let's pray for Mark and for that ministry. Let's commit it to, to God. In fact, Mark, can I, I, I feel like I need to pray for you, actually. Lord, we, we just thank you for the ministry of evangelism and the compassion that you've laid on the heart of Mark. Lord, I pray that at the end of a long summer that you would refresh Mark with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would fill him afresh. And that, Lord, as, he move, as we move forward into this autumn term, that, Lord, I pray for an increase in fruitfulness. I pray that you would fan into flame even more, Lord, the gifts that you've given to Mark of evangelism, of compassion. And Father, I, I dare to pray that through the conversations that Mark will have over the coming weeks and months, that people in this community would come to know Jesus Christ through the doors that you open for him. So Lord, give him Holy Spirit. Would you anoint Mark with the right words for the right people at the right time? I pray that you would give him words of knowledge, prophetic words for people the right word at the right time that would unlock further conversations about Jesus. And Lord, I pray for your anointing on invitations that he makes to Alpha, to church, to the barbecue, that Lord, we would see people who do not know you coming along and building relationships with people here at the church. Jesus, that we want to see people entering your kingdom Father, I pray for an abundance of harvest here. I pray, Lord, that there would be a whole load of people on the next Alpha course through the ministry of, of, of food. Jesus, I'm reminded of the time when you gave out food. You broke two loaves and five fishes and you fed crowds of thousands. Jesus, because you wanted to bless them and show them the kingdom. And I pray, Lord, that this ministry through Mark would show people the kingdom of God and that they would enter in. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Thank you, Mark. I just want to thank, thank God for Mark. Um, we all do, don't we? For his ministry, for his giftings. And continue to pray for Mark, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and for fruit. You know, um, we're involved in this partnership, aren't we? We are fellow harvesters, and we need to be praying that God would open doors for Mark and that all of these contacts that have been generated would, that Paul prayed for doors to open. So how much more do we need to pray for doors to open? Amen? Good.
Let's pray for God's word. Lord, we're looking here today at how the Holy Spirit strengthens us with power to know Christ and his love. And Lord, thank you for, the, for your word, for the power, the grace that comes to us through your word. But we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would open this word to our hearts and open our hearts to receive it, Lord. Lord, we don't just want to be hearers. We want to be responders and doers of your word. So Holy Spirit, may this word bring conviction. May it bring encouragement. May it bring challenge. May it bring teaching and even rebuke. Lord, we submit to your holy and powerful word. May it be a two-edged sword dividing joints and marrow in us, bringing life where there's deadness, bringing repentance where there's sin, and bringing transformation so that we grow to be more like Jesus Christ. For in his name we ask it. Amen. little bit of um, personal testimony, if I, if I may. I became a, a, a Christian at 15 and was baptised at 17. And I submitted to Jesus at a boys' brigade camp on a Friday night um, when, there, when there was an appeal made. I went forward and uh, I prayed the prayer of inviting Jesus into my life and submitting to him and asking for the Holy Spirit to fill me. And I had my first genuine experience of God in that moment. I felt a peace that I'd never felt before. I felt a personal relationship with God that I'd never experienced before. Was that the end of it? Well, of course not. Um, through the years, I have grown in my faith. And I think it's fair to say that the Holy Spirit has opened me up over the years to more and more of the love of God. Um, my faith was genuine back when I was 15, but I hadn't yet, I think it's fair to say, experienced anything like the fullness of the love of God in my life. There was so much more to come, and there is so much more to come for me, which I'm excited about, in this life as well as the next. Um, let, me, let me describe some of my journey to you, because it's... Um, it's good to be honest, actually, isn't it? Um, because maybe this will resonate with you, some of your experiences of the Holy Spirit. Um, Sarah, when we met in 1993, dragged me along to a conference called Spring Harvest, uh, which is kind of over Easter. And I'll be honest, I didn't want to go. Um, I'd never been to a big Christian gathering with thousands of people. And I wasn't used to joy and excitement in worship. Um, I, was, I was in a Baptist church in Sirencester. And uh, back then, not so much these days, I have to say, back then, um, you know, there wasn't so much joy in the worship, shall we say. It was, uh, do you remember the old green Baptist hymn books? We used to have those and there were pews and it was all very prayer, prayer hymn sandwich, quite honestly. So when Sarah invited me to go to Spring Harvest, I was a bit, oh, is, I said, is there football? Is there basketball? I just thought I, I won't have to go to any of the, the worship stuff because I can just play sport. That was my attitude. And when we did go to the worship in the evening, there were thousands of people with their hands in the air, 
worshipping God and clearly enjoying it, I was there with my hands in my pockets, looking at the floor, wanting to be somewhere else. I said to Sarah, this is over the top. It's emotionalism. You know, I didn't like it. That's, that's the honest truth. My family background had a major influence on how I viewed those sorts of events. I don't know whether your family background uh, influenced you. Mine certainly did. Now, don't get me wrong. I was raised in a loving Christian home. But we didn't talk about emotions at home, right? It was all swept under the carpet. If people were um, upset with each other, there was just an awkward silence around the meal table. That was how we did things, right? You just... And it was very serious. Sunday uh, afternoon tea, which we used to have, everybody, you know, it was like, it was very serious and quiet. Now your house might have always been noisy. Ours was the opposite, very reserved, very quiet, quite serious and intense. And then they had grandchildren and everything changed, you know, everything changed. A couple of years later, in 1995, I went to another Christian youth conference called Soul Survivor with the youth group from Whitstable Baptist Church. And it was there that I was touched by the Holy Spirit in a way that I kind of couldn't run away anymore. Do you, do you know what I mean? I'd been running away from God and saying, I don't want to, uh, look, Lord, I don't want you to get too close to me. I don't want this emotionalism. I can't deal with the intimacy. You know, our family didn't do hugging. Um, probably very different to your family, I'm sure. But I wasn't into the intimacy thing. I found it awkward. But I was stood there in a worship session in 1995, and the Holy Spirit came upon me in power, and I started to cry. My whole body shook. And I was touched in a way that I'd never experienced before. I came back from that conference filled with a passion and a love for God that I'd never had before. I couldn't get enough of the Bible, couldn't read it enough. Um, I became hungry to go to church. Can you believe it? To worship. I was thirsty to pray. I wanted to go to prayer meetings. I was passionate for Jesus. I would tell everybody who would listen and some who wouldn't, that Jesus was the best thing. So folks, my journey is a bit of a checkered one, to be honest. It's had lots of twists and turns, ups and downs, hasn't been smooth. Would I go back? Not, in, not for a moment. Um, was it a smooth journey to receiving more of the Holy Spirit and enjoying God's love? No way. I was probably one of the most resistant, stiff upper lip, reserved, serious, intense characters you could ever meet. And then the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. And he gave me a passion for God like I've never known. And I hope I've broken the kind of that family mold of uh, not expressing one's emotions. Do you know what I mean? You probably don't know what I'm talking about because your family was probably very very emotional and uh, loud, and mine was the opposite. But it, our upbringing influences the way that we see God, doesn't it? 
how open we are to God is often influenced by the kind of family dynamics and relationships that we've experienced. People who've had a bad relationship with their father really struggle with the love of God, don't they? Because they, they can't imagine a perfect father who loves them unconditionally with no strings attached. But that's what God is like. He loves us more than we can ever imagine. Whatever experiences you've had with parents and fathers, God loves you so much. Just look at the cross. And in this passage, Paul prays that the Ephesian Christians would know the power of Christ in their inner being and know more of God's love. Why does he pray for power for that? Because it takes great power to change people like me into lovers of God, right? Naturally, we're resistant. We want to be in control of our own lives, don't we? We don't like handing over the steering wheel to Christ. We want to be in control. And so it takes great power to surrender our lives completely to Jesus and say, fill me with your spirit. You come and be in control. You come and fill me and influence me. That takes a lot of power to change us. A lot of people who are resistant to God and don't want to become Christians are resistant because they don't want to give up control of their lives. Um, one of our family members who's not a Christian yet says, I'm afraid of changing. In other words, I don't want to change. I don't want God to challenge me. I don't want to give up control of my life is what they're saying, isn't it? And yet I find Christians like this too. I was like this. You know, I didn't want to give up control of my life. I wanted to be the one in the driving seat, right? So Paul prays for two things. He prays that God would strengthen us with power, that Christ would dwell in our hearts. And he prays, secondly, that we might have power to grasp the limitless dimensions of the love of Christ. As if we could ever know the height, the width, the length, and the depth of Christ. Do you remember that old um, children's song? So high, you can't get over it. So low, you can't get under it. So wide, you can't get round it. Oh, wonderful love. I don't know what happened to the depth, by the way, or the length. That, the writer kind of missed that, didn't he? But it captures the essence. You know, God's love is so big, it's an ocean. You cannot possibly imagine how big the love of God for you is. It's too high, too wide, too deep, too long. And yet, Paul prays we'd know more of it. So, folks, here's the good news. You will never get to the bottom of God's ocean of grace in this life. There is always more of God's love for you to experience and enjoy all the days of your life. Isn't that great? And here's the even better news. You've got an eternity to explore the ocean of God's love. Isn't that great? That's what we'll be doing. Exploring the infinite, limitless dimension of God's love in eternity. That sounds good to me. You'll never get bored of it. You'll never find the length, the width, the depth. You'll never come to the end of it. It's like the universe has, well, they're saying now it's got limits, aren't they? But God's love has no limits. That, that illustration bombed, didn't it? Never mind. So <laughs> first, Paul prays for Christ to dwell in our hearts. 
he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Why does Paul pray that Christ might dwell in our hearts? When you become a Christian, doesn't the Holy Spirit dwell in you, come to live in you? Yes. But the clue is in the word dwelling. If you look at the Greek behind the word dwelling, it means to take up permanent residence. Um, now, you will know if you've rented, there is a huge difference between living somewhere as a renter and as a student and taking up permanent residence. Dwelling somewhere is a whole world of difference. Um, when I was teaching in Kent, I rented a number of rooms and flats. Um, I won't bore you with all the places I've lived. I've moved around quite a lot. One place I rented in Faversham was an upstairs maisonette. And it, it would have been trendy back in the 60s and 70s, I'm sure. But it had shiny wallpaper with stalks embossed into it. And me and my flatmate, who was another teacher, I think it's fair to say we were the only people in our 20s in the whole of Faversham, probably. But, but it was that kind of place. It's changed a bit now, but um, back then it was, <laughs> it was a very elderly place. The, the lounge in the hallway had a very, do you know those old brown fluffy carpets that were really deep pile? Do you remember those? The kitchen was probably installed in the 60s and it had hardly any PowerPoints. You know, you'd have a, one double socket and then you had about four, those four-way adapters, one plugged into another, into another, because there was nowhere to plug anything in. You know those places? And um, I lived there for six months. And me and my flatmate, Steve, knew that we were only going to be there temporarily. We couldn't stand the stalk wallpaper for more than six months. So I knew that we weren't going to renovate this place, partly because we didn't own it. We couldn't. We had no authority to renovate it. We'd have lost our deposit if we'd have renovated it. We didn't, and we wouldn't have had any desire to change it. We were only there for six months. So although we lived there, we didn't dwell there, right? We didn't make any changes. And that's what Paul prays for us. God doesn't want to just live and rent this building of our body. He wants to come in by his spirit, knock walls down, extend, rip out the carpets, put a load more plugs and sockets in there, and do a full renovation job, right? He wants to take up permanent residence dwelling and that is sometimes painful and it requires us to give up control now I don't know about you I, I wouldn't want stalk embossed 70s wallpaper on my walls these days right you might say well I'm comfortable with it why change it it's not ripped I would it would be horrible to have that you want to rip it out and start again wouldn't you and it's the same with us. God doesn't want us to be comfortable with our lives as they are. He wants to come in and do a massive renovation job. Can we have that picture up? Thank you. There is, when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, he finds peeling wallpaper, brown fluffy carpet, 60s kitchens, he finds the moral equivalent of rubbish to throw out or on a leaking roof. 
That's the grace of God, isn't it? He could, he could say, well, quite frankly, you're not good enough to move into, you know, but he doesn't say that. He comes into your life with the leaky roof. Isn't that great? With all your sin, your failure, your habits, your addictions, he dwells there anyway. But he says, will you let me do some renovation? Will you give up control and let me knock some walls down? Um, I love those uh, programs on TV. Location, location, location. Love that. I love, um, what's the one with Kirsty and Phil where they, they have to list it or love it? Don't love it or list it? I love all of these shows. Um, garden renovations, anything. Because I love seeing transformation. Anybody else? Yeah. Or the repair shop. You know, things being restored and renovated. Gosh, I live an exciting life, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to middle age. Goodness me. I'm getting excited about the repair shop. But the point is, God is all about renovation and repair and restoration, isn't he? Do you know, he's, he's doing a massive refurb job in you. He wants to extend your life and mine so that more of his spirit can dwell in us, right? Anybody got a, a junk room that they've closed the door on and they don't want? <laughs> Nobody's going to admit, are they? No, not me. You know, when you have visitors, some of you, some of you, no, no, no name, no pack drill, all right? Some of you have a room that you put stuff in and you close the door and you, no one goes in there. We're terrible. We, we, we go away... We go away and we leave suitcases in a spare room that we've not packed from two months before. We've not unpacked them. And, we, and what happens is we often go in and we, oh, uh, there it is, it's in that suitcase. We get it out and then we use it. Toothpaste comes out straight away, but other things stay there for months. Anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. The point is, some of us have a clutter room in our lives where we've put a sign up on the door and we've said, Lord, you're not going in here, right? We've locked away the bitterness, the anger, the unforgiveness, the disappointment, the resentment, the fear, the anxiety. And we've put a sign on the door and we've said, this is my clutter room. These or the sinful habits, the addictions. We've said to, to the Lord effectively, no one enters, not even you are going to clear that out. This is what we do, isn't it? Because we want to be in control. We want to be in control. And we've put a sign up saying, keep out, Lord. Well, you know, God wants to fill every part of our lives with his Holy Spirit. Every room. And he wants us to bring the clutter out in the open and to allow his Holy Spirit to get rid of it so that the Holy Spirit can expand his influence and lordship over our lives. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to fill every part of our lives and even knock some walls down and expand our ministry. You know, God has more to do through you than you can ever imagine, but are you open to him? Some of us have got so comfortable, we're so pipe and slippers that we just live with the clutter and we've decided, well, this is as big as the house of my life is going to get. I may as well just kind of wait for heaven. That's not what God wants for you. He wants to, you to be filled with more and more of his love and power. 
um, I went to see a ministry colleague because I thought 52 and I'm starting a master's. What am I doing? And I sat down with this guy and he said, this is the best time for you to be doing a master's. He said, you have wisdom and experience. And he said, I'm 57. And he said, so don't start saying that you're old. You know, are we open to more of God's power? Are we open to growing, to God expanding our vision of, of service? Or have we kind of settled into a pipe and slip, slippers comfort where, you know, the old shiny wallpaper will do? It's not what God wants for any of us. He has so much more for you if you'll be open to him. So much more love to pour into your heart. Second, Paul prays that we might have power to grasp the limitless love of Christ. Verse 17, this is what he says. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that passes understanding. You may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is not uh, a prayer for more head knowledge about Christ's love. This is a prayer that we might know and experience more of God's love, right? That God's love would melt our hearts, that we would fall in love with Jesus all over again. Um, here is love vast as the ocean. It's a good image, isn't it? Here's a slide of uh, an ocean. Because when you stand in front of an ocean, or if you're swimming in an ocean, um, you know, it, it's, it's limitless. You feel so insignificant, don't you, when you're floating in an ocean. It's just so deep, so wide, so long. Um, high doesn't work there, does it? But, you know, deep, well, whatever. <laughs> it's beyond what you can imagine, right? You feel so insignificant. Here is love vast as the ocean. It's an ocean of grace, God's love. And Paul prays that we would have more power to experience more of God's love being poured out in our hearts. God has so much love for you that he wants you to know and experience in your life. Um, the cross... The empty cross is the knowledge that God loves us. Whenever you feel you're not loved, look at the empty cross. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. How can you doubt God's love when you look at the empty cross? See, from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Has the love of God for you in Christ so gripped your heart, that you felt that call, that demand. Jesus, I give to you my life, my all. That's what the love of God does in someone's life. It causes them to say, Lord, I give you my soul, my life, my all. I'm holding nothing back, as Tim Hughes puts it in a song. 
That's the kind of love that Paul wants us to have for God and for others, right? Not a limited love, not a pipe and slippers love, not a love that withholds being filled to the fullness of the measure of God, but a love for God that says, I want more of you, Lord. I want a greater experience of your Holy Spirit. I want to love you and love others with the love of Jesus more and more. I want to grow in maturity. That's what this prayer is all about. It's We need love to be able to grow into maturity in Christ. Um, countless studies have shown, um, for example, that a girl reared without a strong and loving father rarely learns how to give and receive love. But thank God that in Christ, healing and transformation are possible. I know so many Christian um, people who whose emotional scars have been healed through Christ. But it tells us that in order for us to grow to maturity in Christ, we need to know just how much God loves us. We need to be secure in the love of God for us. We need to know it and we need to experience his love poured out by the Holy Spirit into our hearts. Then you will grow into maturity. Then you will be secure in the love of God. What's a sign of immaturity? It was me back in 1993 that says, Lord, I don't want you to get too close. That's spiritual immaturity, isn't it? That's a fear of intimacy. That's running away from God because I was saying to God, I don't want you to get too close. I don't want it to give up the control of my life. I want to be in charge still. But God wants us to say to him, Lord, I love you. Come and fill me. Come and be in control. Come and fill me with your love so that I can love you and love brothers and sisters in Christ in an unlimited way that doesn't count the cost. Last slide. Just to emphasize the point, often this verse, these verses are quoted out of context. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine in all things, but this comes at the end of this prayer, right? We need to read it in context. What Paul is saying when he says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work with us, within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. He is saying that even even I, Martin, can be changed by the power of God, is what he's saying. The power of God is so amazing, so limitless, that even I can be changed by his power. Even the most reluctant person, even the most sort of stiff upper lip reserved person who's trying to keep God at arm's length can be changed by the power of God's love. Isn't that amazing? Do we believe it? Let's pray. I believe uh, maybe there's some of you who have a, a junk room. I, I really believe this. I really believe there's some people with a junk room in their lives where they've said, Lord, you can have all of this, but you're not having this part of my life. There are sinful habits in there. There's anger. There's unforgiveness. Or there's just a kind of reaction to upbringing. You know, maybe you think receiving and being filled with the Spirit is just emotionalism. Actually, 
The only way to, to grow and mature in Christ is to be filled with the Father's love. Father, I pray that you'd help us now to be honest and open with you. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you show us if there's a junk room in our lives where we've locked the door and we won't let you in, Lord, help us to release the clutter and allow you to, to, to remove it. I'm going to lead us in a prayer of repentance. Please, please make this your own. Lord, I confess that I've held on to sin in my life. Lord, I've resisted your Holy Spirit. Lord, I've allowed my upbringing to influence me too much. Lord, I confess that I'm hanging on to sinful habits. Lord, I confess that there's people I haven't forgiven and I need to go and take action as soon as possible to, to forgive them, and to release myself from bitterness. Fear has gripped some of our hearts, fear of letting go, fear of giving up control. And yet the father loves us with a perfect love. What are we afraid of? We're afraid of letting go, of giving up the control of our lives. Lord, we confess it and we're sorry for it. We turn away from it. Just invite you, if you want to receive more of God's love through the Holy Spirit poured out in your life, would you just stand where you are if you're able? If you're not able to stand, then just do this sitting. But if you want to, to just open your hands to say, Lord, I come with empty hands, please fill me. Would you stand just where you are if you're able? Maybe just coming to God with open hands. Just saying, Lord, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We want more of the Father's love in our lives. We want to know you more, Lord. We want to know more of your love poured out in us, Father, through the Holy Spirit filling us. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh that we might know your love, Father, more and more. Just take a moment in the quietness to invite the Holy Spirit to pour the love of God into your heart.
Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We're going to finish um, by singing, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Please stand. Let's sing this together. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If you'd like uh, prayer um, after the service, please 
please do remain in here and the uh, person with, next to you or a prayer team member will just come and uh, pray with you. Um, just let someone know that you'd like prayer and we will, uh, we will pray with you. Great stuff. Thank you.